Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanya. That's Creole for something extra. When Brookline musician Grace Kelly was a little girl, she wanted to be Hollywood actress turned princess Grace Kelly, star of Alfred Hitchcock's 1954 Rear Window. There's something big going on somewhere. It's going on right here. It's a big night. Well, it was just an old run-of-the-mill Wednesday. Calendar's full of them. It's opening night of the last depressing week of L.B. Jeffries in a cast. Uh, well, I haven't noticed a big demand for tickets. Ah, uh, that's because I bought out the house. Now, Massachusetts native Grace Kelly grew up to make a name for herself as a performer, too. The talented saxophonist performed as a soloist with the Boston Pops at 14 and played at President Obama's 2009 inauguration when she was 16. Now at 30, she's showcasing her love for the movies in the East Coast premiere of a special concert at the movies Grace Kelly with Strings, featuring a 15-piece ensemble at the Berkeley Performance Center on April 29th. Joining me remotely, Grace Kelly, saxophonist, singer, songwriter, band leader, co-leader of the band We Are Too Saxy, and composer of Under the Radar's theme music. Welcome back, Grace. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Kelly. <laughs> what a pleasure to be back with you. Uh, well, it's it's all mine. The pleasure is all mine. I'm so delighted to hear about your new project. Um, so let's talk about your love for the movies. Yes. <laughs> uh, obviously, we've talked about Grace Kelly um, and those movies that attracted you. But what else? Well, you know, growing up, I was just um, always enamored with, this is going to sound really corny, but romantic comedies. And um, I love romantic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, you know, it's just at it, at the end of the movies when, you know, the, the two leading characters fall in love. And it's just, you know, the feeling of it all working out. And I would always just like sigh a relief, you know. <laughs> and, and so movies have always taken me into this other reality. And I think music is similar in that, you know, when you see amazing musicians on stage working together creating this amazing moment it's like gives that that emotional release of like oh this is just beautiful and I I feel that way when I'm making the music so when when you were little and enamored with the ah at the end of the movie were you paying attention (laughs) to the music or it was really just the story at that point um like I asked because you started playing very early yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I was very captivated with music like um, Sleepless in Seattle was one of my favorite rom-coms. And um, you've got Mail. And there's some fantastic music in, in that. And like Notting Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember there's um, a beautiful song, uh, She, that's, um, you know, just in the perfect moment in this scene. And and I think that a lot of times those songs, those, that music did come in the ah moment and it's and that's the reason why that ah moment feels even more 
you know, special. I'll never forget when I took an intro to film scoring class at Berkeley and like we had um, an experience of watching it, a scene from Star Wars and we watched it with the John Williams score and then we oh, muted, wow. we muted the, uh, the teacher and muted the music and wow, it was just such a different feeling without the music. So you left high school early um, and ended up at Berkeley and were performing quite young, as we've mentioned, all over, sort of with jobs with people far older than you. And um, um, and that really sort of laid the foundation for where you are today. Absolutely. Yeah, I never thought that I would become, you know, a professional artist, a professional band leader. You know, back when I was starting professionally at 13, I didn't even know that could be a job. Um, and I really, I feel very blessed. And I have had such incredible mentors that along the way have really pushed me in the best way, you know, starting with my first saxophone teacher who invited me to play at his jam session, you know, and I was 12 years old and I had never done that before. Um, and, you know, things just started happening early on in my career where I got to meet some of my heroes, like I remember meeting Harry Connick Jr. at this um, master class and he heard me play and that night he invited me to sit in with him and I met, you know, Dave Brubeck and got to play with him and Wynton wow. Marsalis first heard me. We met at a random steakhouse when I was just jamming with the band. Wow, that is something. <laughs> <laughs> These things just kept happening and snowballing and, you know, leading me to this next uh very special moment. All right. Well, I want to uh, give my listeners a chance to hear a bit of uh, the trailer for uh, At the Movies, Grace Kelly with Strings, and then we'll talk on the other side. I love all of those. They're so great. <laughs> and the Bond movies really lend themselves to concert material, I tell you, right? Yeah, you know, the this James Bond medley arranged by Brian Carter is one of my favorite on the album. And get, getting a play, it's like I immediately step into the memories of, of Bond and just feel so much slicker and cooler. And, and then we um, tie it together with the recent Billie Eilish song, No Time to Die. Fabulous song. Um, Fabulous song. Yeah, I know. I mm. love it. I mm. just love it. Now, you're singing. People maybe don't uh, recall that you sing as well. Um, you're playing the sax. Um, but I just want to point out that the name of the concert is Grace Kelly with Strings. So that refers to the 15-piece ensemble. This is my first time working with strings and, and a large ensemble um, for my own project. When I was in my early teens, I had the beautiful delight and blessing of getting to be a special guest with the Boston Pops Orchestra. And I actually wrote a song, um, my original composition and arranged it for the orchestra. And it was an incredible moment. I just remember being on stage thinking, wow, I'm in the middle of just one of the great, the greatest orchestra in the world. And 
I feel like I'm clo floating on a cloud musically. And this project just brings me so much joy because there's something so gorgeous, so luxurious about the sound of these incredible string players. And, and um, it's really cool because we're reimagining a lot of these um, arrangements to fit this instrumentation. So it it does absolutely nod to the original versions, but it is different and, and reimagined with this current ensemble. I'm Callie Crossley, and you're listening to Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm speaking with saxophone prodigy Grace Kelly about her latest project, a concert at the movies, Grace Kelly with Strings. Now, we should say you have lots of other stuff going on, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But I wonder, you've performed, what, maybe more than a thousand concerts at this point yeah. in your career? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's the feeling of this kind of setting that's very different from perhaps the other settings when you're uh, gigging with Leo P or, <laughs> yeah. or with other groups. Um, what's what's different about this? Well, this is really, um, you know, when you have a large ensemble and you have these musical scores where there's so many written parts, it's just, it feels like for me as the soloist, I'm really able to jump you know, if we, if we imagine I'm on a musical playground, I can jump from the swing to the slide to, you know, <laughs> um, jump rope. And there's all these things going on, all these different um, pieces that work together musically. And so I might be playing or singing a lead line, and then I'm going to join the violins for a solely line. And, and that's really very special. It feels like, you know, we're painting a bigger canvas. Um, and I think that's really a unique thing about getting to work with large ensemble. Um, it's a beautiful, really fun thing to work in small group as well. Like I've performed, you know, duets and like with Leo P we're bouncing around the street, two saxophones like that, that really leaves room to imagine a whole different situation without, you know, without a rhythm section with just two saxophones. So this is just, um, yeah, it's a new type of musical playground. Now, you were first influenced uh, by another strings-referenced album, a classic, um, with Charlie Parker, jazz great saxophonist Charlie Parker. Some people call him Bird or Yardbird. Um, before I talk to you about uh, his influence on both uh, this project and your career, let's take a listen to the beginning of Just Friends, the first song on the classic album, Charlie Parker with Strings. <laughs> <laughs> what about, well, I mean, everybody loves Charlie Parker, but for you as a musician, what what resonates with you about his work and uh, and about this particular work? Oh, my gosh. It's just my, my favorite Charlie Parker record. Um, it's mm -hmm. so, you know, the side, the lyrical side of Charlie Parker just comes out so effortlessly. And, you know, I think during the, the release of this album and the reception that it had, um, that people were thinking that this was too much of a uh, commercial project for him. And it wasn't, you know, received in the same stunning way as his other recordings were, which is so shocking to me because to me, this is the most, you know, it's, it just connects 
I think to more people because of how lyrical it is. Uh, but I, you know, had that recording of his on literally like every night before I went to bed. Wow. Well, it's beautiful. I mean, his his work is magical, as you said, as is yours. So uh, <laughs> I love your work and your latest single, Night in Tunisia. Now, help me, that has a familiar kind of ring to it. Does that reference another jazz great i i just was trying i was trying to find myself with that title well you know this is um mm. it's a charlie parker and dizzy gillespie composition and um i really wanted to reimagine it so i i ended up taking a very contemporary approach of recording these great studio cats and and ended up like looping certain lines and creating a, a much more contemporary version of night in tunisia but it, at one point in in my recording i start to speak and i am saying you know jazz is a feeling and mm. um, that actually the couple lines that i say in the single are direct quotes of charlie parker's from an interview from him and paul desmond another one of my saxophone heroes um, a rare interview between the two of them where Charlie Parker is talking about the future of jazz and and how it's a music for everybody and how it's beautiful music. You know, I think sometimes jazz gets boxed into, you know, such a, a cerebral type of music with, and it's known to have a much smaller type of audience, you know, mm -hmm. perhaps because it's a music that some people don't feel is so approachable and they don't know what's going on um the type of jazz that I love to play is the is music for everybody and I and I want I want my audience to always feel like they're welcome and so when Charlie Parker was saying that in his interview this is music for everyone this is he said this is for the people and so I put that mm -hmm. line in um and so yeah it actually does have a very deep connection with with Charlie Parker but I of course wanted to put a very new contemporary spin on it so I was like you know what what feels more contemporary than adding a really groovy dance beat to this all right well we're gonna take a listen to your um envisioning um this piece this is uh your latest single night in Tunisia released recently and by the way featured in Apple Music's best new songs and Spotify's all new jazz here it is Thanks, Kelly. Oh, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I really like it. And the minute I heard it, then I realized I had heard the the Charlie Parker Dizzy Gillespie ones before. Oh, I knew it had fun. a resonance. Yeah, I knew it had resonance for me in some way. I love jazz. I can't always remember all the names to the, the classic works, but I, were, I love it. Oh, I'm with you. Also, there are so many, like... Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie alone were so prolific. It's like the amount of songs. Sometimes I just have to hum them. I'm working with my students. I'm like, you know that song? I can't remember the title. Uh, now, speaking of your your students, you and Leo P. co-founded something called Saxy School. Yes. Tell me what that is and uh, who the students are and what you do. Yeah. So, um, you know, when COVID hit, it was a really... Uh, it was a time for me to be able to dig into my other passion. You know, when live performances weren't happening, I was like, you know what? I I can run fast and move forward with 
my love for teaching others. And um, and Leo and I got together and we started to hold these remote Zoom group classes, you know, for any saxophonist around the world. And and what happened is we started to gain this beautiful community of saxophone players who wanted to study with us. And um, it's really expanded. And we we then decided to start our own online saxophone school and really designed it, you know, from the ground up and, and think about how would we want to have learned saxophone and, and with what we're learning today and um, and the roster, roster of our teachers, which include, you know, some of the best performing saxophone players out there who are teaching others how to do the thing that they many of them want to do one day. Um, you know, we, we're really having a blast with it. We've got students from all around the world coming together. We have weekly Zoom classes, monthly challenges, a beautiful community of cats who are playing and writing music and studying saxophone and stage performance and dressing up in all sorts of cool costumes. And some of them bring their you know, their pet birds to their Zoom class. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a colorful bunch. And and um, it's just been really exciting and very inspiring to, to you know, be part of many of these saxophone players' journeys as, as they continue to grow and progress. Well, who wouldn't want to be in your class? I mean, you two together, you and Leo P. <laughs> and people can hear the exuberance in our theme music every week, certainly. Yeah. Um, and that's your other band, Too Saxy, uh, featuring Leo P. on baritone sax. But hey, here's a piece from a recent video that went viral on both Instagram and TikTok. The video says, this is what a disagreement in sax sounds like. so many different things with the saxophone, um, which is the whole point, of course. <laughs> it's such a versatile instrument, and that's something that we love getting to teach our students, and our students are very interested in how can they incorporate saxophone in contemporary music. And, you know, there's just so many fascinating things, and even people like Colin Stetson, incredible saxophonist who's been scoring movies with a saxophone and, like, making sounds that I've never even heard, and yeah, I mean, it's in working with Leo and with Two Saxy has really opened up my eyes um, to the possibilities of what two sax players can do together. Of course, we have great, you know, the minute we played together and we're dancing together, we we knew this was something special. But like that clip you just played, Kelly, we we recorded on the streets in, in Venice, California. And <laughs> that one clip reached 9.9 million people on Instagram alone, just like a 30 second clip. And I started having myself and my team had random people on the streets, like um, saying that they had seen the video and they had heard of us and like recognized me and Leo and um, were streaming the song. And so it was really incredible to watch how fast that kind of that skyrocketed and how 
how you know many people have been finding too sexy, which is really exciting. It really is exciting. It looked like a uh, you know a musical dance off, um, <laughs> and that was what was fun. Now. Uh, Grace, I have to say, one of my favorite things, and I love all your work, is your featured sax solo in Eminem's national brand campaign video. Oh, yes. I just love this. The one that announces a new color, Miss Purple. I literally paused the video and screamed when I saw you in that <laughs> shot. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> I just loved oh, it. I want to give my listeners a chance to hear you. it, that was... but they've got to go and look at the video. Here it is. Grace Kelly, our own Grace Kelly, uh, in the ad for Miss Purple, the new Eminem. I think it's time for a big sweeping pan. I'm just gonna be me, I'm just gonna be me, nothing else I can be but day purpley peanut shaped chocolate I candy. I love that you had a great outfit on too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the, oh my God, the cut, you know, the costumes and this, the styling department for that shoot, they were on it. They had so many cool choices. Well, I think you just got to be you, Grace Kelly, and uh, a big part of, of you or your appreciation for the movies and you put it all into this new concert. And what do you hope people take away from it as they come see it? Because we're encouraging them to do so. Well, I hope people feel inspired and feel reconnected to, you know, these deep emotions, whether they're connected to the movies from the music we're playing or just emotions that come up in the moment from listening to this beautiful ensemble. Um, I think it's really special that at least when I go see music for 90 minutes, I can be transported into a different state, you know, and it doesn't matter if I had a bad day or if I'm feeling, you know, Blue, I, I walk out of there with the power of music feeling like, you know, just uplifted. And and I really think that this music and this concert have those healing, healing capabilities because I feel music is absolutely this healing power. So, yeah, I hope people feel, feel all the things. Now, the last question to you, how do you feel being named the one of the youngest members of the board of trustees at Berkeley College of Music? I'm incredibly honored. I'm delighted. Um, I was just, yeah, very honored when they reached out to me asking if I'd um, be interested in joining the board. To, to me, Berkeley was such an incredible experience and really helped shape so much of my skill and confidence as, as a performer and a songwriter and um, and a, as a saxophone player and to, to now be a part of helping, you know, the next generation of students at, at the most amazing music school in the world is quite, quite an honor. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Well, congratulations. We claim you two ways, both as a local and as our very own theme music composer. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Kelly. Great to speak with you. Grace Kelly is a saxophonist, singer, songwriter, band leader, co-leader of the band We Are Too Saxy, and composer of the Under the Radar theme music. Her latest project is At the Movies, Grace Kelly with Strings, at the Berkeley Performance Center on April 29th. That's it for this week's edition of Under the Radar. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. 
Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH produced by Jesse Steinmetz and engineered by Dave Goodman. Our intern is Jenny Firm. Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies, Grace Kelly and Leo P. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Sue O'Connell, sitting in for Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.